So I had a I had an answer to another one of my five guys, six gals that I need for the show today to help me out. You got the rooster taken care of. I feel like I got the cat problem answered off the air. Uh, Crystal, help me out. I guess basically my cat will grow out of me waking up in the middle of the night and the thing's just staring at me while it sleeps all day. Still think if anything happens to me, Josh, it's Lucy the cat. Just so just does the cat that. hang out with you? For some reason, yeah. Yeah. You feed the cat. Well, well, the, the cat's got like open feeding, kind of how I wish my life was to where I walk in and there's just like a plate of food on the table and I can go grab it whenever Not I safe want for it. you or I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you kidding? Did Connor get any of his cookies? He said he got one. But. Okay, good. I feel bad. Well, if you get one crumble, you're good. But I guess um, I, my point is that I just I needed to better understand that there was an end in sight, at least not for me. And then also said the Kevin um, Sperry transfer was one that the, the reaction to it just blew my mind. Yeah, not, you didn't think it was very important. I, I Right. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He moved. And then it's like, <laughs> I, I was listening to Carrie and Carrie goes, and you can catch our special Kevin Sperry uh, edition of the Sooner Scoop video feed. I'm like, what? And I'm listening to Locked In, and, and they're talking about it, and they're taking texts and calls on I'm like, really? So I was just, I was a little bit taken aback by it. I mean, it might be your quarterback of the future down the road. Ding, ding, ding. And again... You are right here in Oklahoma now. Now, I know Carl Albert isn't necessarily Norman, but you're still close to that staff. You could be around, be learning a little bit more. I don't know if that's legal or not, Josh Helmer, but you're around. And I think that's a big freaking deal. So, No doubt. As this process has progressed during the show today, that's made a little bit more sense to me as far as why it's a big deal and why we're seeing such a reaction also, uh, to it. Also, huge news for Carl Albert. Yeah, 5A lookout. Holy smokes. So I feel like I've just about got every question answered on the show. Except one, Josh. Is Jaden Gibson really six foot eleven? All right. It is time for the top five stories of the day. It's how we start the 11 a.m. hour, and it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Uh, Newcastle Casino, located off I-44, exit 107. 14 table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, Baccarat, and more. Newcastlecasino.com. All right, big story number five. Number five. Josh Helmer, what if I told you? What if I told you? that I have some Major League Baseball in the top five stories of the day as far as a rundown is concerned. It's been a minute, right? I would say that's tremendous. But we're getting towards Baseball Matters here on the Plank Show. So here we go with big story number five. Oh, did I already say that? You did, yes. Oh, my God. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah, please. My Number four. Getting Whoops, old. Sorry. Well, wait, hold, 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 stop the clock. Stop the clock. There we go. Sorry. Number, Number five. five. I got so caught up in oh, this man. audio. It's, it's an error. The top five stories of the day are in E6, but guess what hasn't been an error? What's going on right now in Cincinnati? Right toward the corner, and it is gone. Thank Fraley lines it out of here, and the Reds are on top five to three. All right, if you couldn't tell what was going on there, two pieces of audio just started playing on my computer at the same time. 
The app is working. We are off to a great start on the top five stories of the day, and it's my fault. Let's try this again. Cincinnati hasn't won 10 straight game since pre-Big Red Machine. Fraley yanks it to right toward the corner, and it is gone! Fraley lines it out of here, and the Reds are on top 5-3. to three. Is, there, is there booze in those cookies or something? The hell have they done to me right now? They won 11 game. <laughs> I can't even pluralize the uh, the winning streak. I had them at 10, and it's 11 games, and they've done it without two of their best pitchers being this, active. This team is so red hot right now. They've got me flummoxed. Well, I was going to say our boss is wearing a, a Reds team. I noticed that. I've never seen Brian Vineyard, the Brian man, in a red shirt. They are now the NL Central leading Cincinnati Reds, who won their 11th straight games. 11th straight game. Ellie De La Cruz. Game-winning double. I don't know. I don't want to see. I never want to see them lose again. Fifty-three straight. Try to match them. Uh, Andrew Abbott uh, became the first pitcher since the mound was moved to its current spot in 1893 to begin his career with three scoreless starts of more than five innings. I bring that up because I just have to know how in the world do we still have stats from pre-1893. <laughs> Well, you know, I, we've got to make sure we give that disclaimer because you never know. Old Grover Cleveland Alexander in 1892 actually had a longer stretch, but the mound wasn't at its same spot. Like, who keeps those numbers? I don't know. Yeah, the some terrific baseball historian, I suppose. Suppose. This, by the way, is what happens when you try to get baseball on the top five stories of the day. Uh, also, the Rangers won last Pitch night. popped up. This should do it. It's high into the air. Shallow center. Simeon is out. Laoti calls him off and makes the catch, and that will do it. The Rangers come in here to Chicago and take two out of three from the White Sox. Win tonight by the final score of 6-3. to three. Notice I don't have any highlights of the Dodgers beating Shohei Otani last night. You know, it would have been three out of three for the Rangers, but they got screwed. They got hoes. And then the Giants. Here it comes. Swing, line drive, up the middle, right to Schmidt. It is right where Schmidt was playing him. Well over toward the middle. And he went down into a squat and caught the line drive. Ball game over. And that makes 10. For the first time in 19 years, the Giants have a 10-game winning streak. And isn't that exciting? It's John Miller. John Miller sounds just like he did when he did Sunday Night Baseball. That's that's pretty incredible, man. What a testament. So my misery. Well, I'm happy for Toby that his that his Reds have won ten straight. But obviously, I am in misery because the Giants are on fire right now too. So chalk up another dub for San Francisco. You heard the final score last night, four to two. Dodgers did beat the Angels two zip. And as Josh mentioned. Should be a winning streak of much more epic proportions for the Rangers right now. But they got beat. All right, they won last night 6-3 to three after that tough call that cost them the game Bochy's on Tuesday in, uh, night. much better spirits. Anything else catch your eye from baseball last night? Yankees won 4-2. Cardinals lost. The Astros-Mets game was pretty good. I was actually watching some of that. So, baseball. Major part of the Plank Show now going forward. And if the start to this top five stories of the day is any indication – it's going to be an out and utter disaster the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. All right, big story number four. Number four. Really good news for Oklahoma Sooner softball because three Sooners were elected to the United States of America women's national team that's going to play in the 2023 
Japan All-Star Series. They are Avery Hodge, Riley Boone, uh, pardon me, did I say uh, Sid Sanders, and Kinsey Hansen. I saw the hair. And then I clicked on I'm like, that's not Riley. So great opportunity for all three players. But you, Josh, but kind of gets me a little bit excited about Avery Hodge and what her role could be next year if you've sure. already seen that kind of improvement where she's earned a spot on the United States women's national team. There's a um, couple of other familiar names that are on this list. Oh, they haven't updated this list. Never mind. Uh, but Jocelyn was on one of the teams that's going to be involved. But, yeah, Sid Sanders, Kinsey Hansen, and Avery Hodge. I will be on the 2023 USA softball roster that will be competing in the Japan All-Star Series, which is August 4th through the 7th. Um, The previously announced World Baseball Softball Confederation World Cup roster slated to represent the U.S. is in Dublin, Ireland in July. So a lot of Sooners that will be a part of that. John Rittman, the head coach at Clemson, is the coach. A lot of good coaches that are going to be over there and uh, taking part in it. Uh, 12 Division I universities, five from the SEC, five from the Pac-12, four Big 12 players, and one each from the ACC and the AAC. Now, there you go. Again, can't help but feel pretty excited. Uh, Valerie Cagle, Kennedy's on this team. Let's see who else. Yeah, Taylor Pleasance out of LSU is an interesting – Ooh, Elena Vauder is on this team as well. Out of Oklahoma. Out of Oklahoma. We're hoping. So there you have it. Uh, that is team uh, the World Series All-Star Series roster. So congratulations to those three Sooners. Avery Hodge, Kinsey Hansen, and Sid Sanders. All right, the big story number three. Number three. You know me, Josh, not a day can go by where there's not an NFL story that catches my eye. But Zach Taylor, at the conclusion of Training camp, well, this isn't quite training camp yet. OTAs was asked about getting Orlando Brown Jr. sooner in the mix in Cincinnati. He's a guy that kind of feels like he's been here for a lot longer than he has. There's no shyness to him. You know, he's, 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 and that's great. That's, that's how you, that's how you blend into a locker room and get to know people and, and people can rely on you when you, you're personable like that. And he is. And so I appreciate that about him. He asks really good questions, football questions. He wants to be the best. And so it's really exciting when you, when you are able to acquire a player like that. And, and he's got all that tangible stuff and personality stuff. That's, that's all good stuff. I know that it's kind of weird with the whole, by the way, and the background noises. What? What's going on? Is that Bozo the Clown? What <laughs> was that? Was, was somebody trying to get a whale involved? But, I know it's kind of tough because of the frustration that he didn't take what looked to be a better deal when Kansas City offered it to him. But it's good to see he's found a spot, right? I'm, it's kind of soft, sensitive gloves because for Chief fans, there's a little bit of frustration. But it looks like Kansas City stepped up okay and used that money elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's – I know, it's I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about a team that's already won two Super Bowls and you leave them after five seasons. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, seems like things are cooking pretty good. Chris Jones wants uh, some cash. Is he sitting out? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, he's. he's this might uh, be the happiest I've been the whole time. Tell me more, please. I know. It's very exciting. <laughs> All right, Dak Prescott was asked about the absence of one Zeke Elliott. It's also the first year of your uh, NFL career without without Zeke, your mm-hmm. best friend, going back to your rookie year. Well, that'd be great, by the way. In this guy setting up the question, if Dak turns around, I was like, ah, 
well, you know, he used to be. I'm actually probably a little better friends with Tyron Smith. Anyway. You talked to him much this offseason? Yeah, I mean, we're still tied. Uh, we might not be wearing the same jersey right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, just trained with him this morning. He's at the house 7 o'clock, throwing, getting it in, working out, just making sure that he's getting better, doing everything necessary. And so, yeah, it's been weird. It's been tough. You know, that first day of going in there in the OTAs and not seeing his car in that parking lot and just, you know, getting to the meetings and just, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was a feeling that I can't explain, hadn't had it before, but moved past that now. Uh, as I said, excited for the opportunity that he's going to get and just where our offense is as well. Stack. Uh, and I had one. Big old nothing burger. A big old nothing booger. <laughs> and then there's Cam Jordan. Nobody ever has walked to a season and be like, ooh, I hope we win. 10 games. No, I'm trying to win each and every game that we play. My expectation is be 21 and 0, 22 and 0, whatever it takes to get to a Super Bowl. And yeah. I, I want to beat each and every team we line across, every tap, every tackle who I'm never going to know their names, but like every dud that's out there, we're trying to beat the brakes off. Um, I'm trying to get to each and every quarterback cuz I mean, the mentality is we have potential. You know, we have you know, the reality is we have potential. The mentality is we we want to, as a defense, take over each and every game. And there's no allowance to be like, hey, I think we could be a 12-5 and five team. I think we can win each and every one of these things. And every game that we lost, every game that I've lost in my last 12 years, there was a chance where we could win them. 20-0, by the way, is the number you were looking for. Yeah, he did bounce around there a little bit. There's another cut there from Cam Jordan that I was hoping he would drop. Quote, I expect the Super Bowl. I expect to take Derek Carr, DC4, back to Vegas where he just left and have a return run at the Super Bowl. Bro, if that happens, I I am going to be so happy just for Derek. But Raider fans will need help. I'm just I'm out in front of it because I see it. I had some dude that was trying to show up at the Fox Sports Radio studios on Saturday night, Josh, and fight me because I was trying to speak reality. And I'm not even kidding. Go search my mentions. It's scary. It's like, oh, what do you think? You're not even a real fan. You're a Saints fan. I'll fight you. It's like, God, we're not very good. You have to accept. It's taken me 40 years to accept this. So well, I guess a little less than that because the, the first 10 were pretty good. It's taken me 30 years to accept that we suck. We're terrible. And until you tank and get Caleb Williams, we're not going to be right in Vegas. I'm going to be mad over wins this year. What's wrong? Plank Raiders won yesterday. I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm getting in good shape to make sure I can live long enough to watch the Caleb Williams era at, in Vegas. All right, big story number two. Number two. But did you have anything from the NFL to add? I'm sorry. I did kind of greedily move along there. No, that's okay. Nothing? G- good luck to the Saints. They're not going to the Super Bowl. I but can't I, imagine. But I love the energy that Cam Jordan has. Now, remember, last year it was Peter King who had them going to the NFC Championship game, and now all of a sudden their roster's terrible. It's literally the same roster from last year, only Derek Carr and you lose one offensive lineman. All right, big story number two, uh, College World Series tonight. Now, we talk a lot about those matchups that you want to see, like those epic matchups in sports. Gosh, I can't wait until Clemens v. Piazza. I really went old school there. Or whenever you see Patrick Mahomes versus a good defense, whatever. LeBron, Steph Curry. There you go. We might get that in college baseball tonight. Paul Skeens, best pitcher in college baseball all season long for LSU. And Red Louder, not the best, second best. So both coaches after LSU beat Wake Forest 5-2. to two. Both coaches were asked, as you might expect they would be, on whether or not we would see 
Paul Skeens. Here was Jay Johnson, the head coach of the LSU Tigers. Uh, we'll talk to him tonight. I think it's a day-by-day deal. Um, you know, we have a pretty thorough process that we go through with um, – pitchers and are their availability and testing and recovery and all of those types of things. So we still need to go through that tomorrow before uh, we make any decision. Ted Johnson is just a ball of energy, isn't he? So Wake Forest head coach Tom Walter was asked, do you expect to see Paul Skeens? I do. I, I do expect to see Paul Skeens tomorrow. He, he threw before the game today and was letting it was cutting it loose pretty good. So I, I imagine that uh, that's exactly who we'll see. And then Tom Walter, will we see Rhett Louder? Is he, as I believe the term is, on the board potentially for tomorrow? That's a great question, Les. I'm not 100% sure on Rhett. We'll have to talk to him. We'll see how he feels tomorrow and make a decision on that. Knowing Rhett, he'll probably be on the board tomorrow. But, um, you know, we've got Manasi, we've got Roland, we've got Massey. You know, we've got, you know, Ray and Crum and Muscolo, uh, Joe Ariola. I mean, we've, we've certainly got plenty of pieces tomorrow. I mean, it's literally like big league rest for both of them. It's just four days and you're pitching on your fifth day as opposed to five days off between starts. Is my math right there? Yeah, we will see both. I think we'll see both tonight. I think it's going to be awesome. When these two teams met in the second round, neither pitcher pitched because they had pitched their first round game, their opening series game. But, yeah, I, I'm ready. Let's go. So Friday, Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah, they're good. They'll be good to go. All right, big story. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I didn't even get the final score from the earlier game. Because Florida advances to the championship series. You know the last time Florida lost in the postseason? The regional winner's bracket game to Texas Tech. They've won seven in a row, including sweeping the South Car- their super regional against South Carolina. And now they are back in the championship series, making their first trip to the World Series since 2018. Final score, 3-2. to two, They beat TCU. I, th- I had one thing I wanted to play here. One run wins in all three at the series. Yeah. And I thought I thought on the last pitch of that early game, I thought Braden Taylor had tied it up. That ball was smoked. In fact, here's what Braden Taylor, the uh, TCU star, said afterwards. I just I went up there taking my same approach. I always do, even though, you know, the moment may have seemed a little bit bigger. Uh, but I was just going up there trying to get a good pitch to hit, put a good swing on it, you know, and I put a good swing on it. I thought it may have had a chance, but, you know, I think a big credit to Florida, though. Like, uh, Florida's going to be the team to win this thing. I feel like they're a really, really good ball club. And, you know, they just – that that the emotions that ran through my head after that was, you know, I'm just going to – it's, it's going to be tough. You know, not not very many words. It's hard to put into words right now. Ah. Yeah. Oof. That press conference after you lose your last game is oh, heartbreaking. Especially on and only, that stage. Yeah, and only one team doesn't have it, right? Yep, yep. Well, and somebody, you know, a team like TCU, Oral Roberts, those two that uh, mm-hmm. were jockeying to get to the semifinals and TCU emerges. I mean, both of those teams, you know, kind of caught lightning in a bottle here the, yep. the last uh, month or so. So that, that makes it, I think, even more difficult. TCU in 21-4. and four. Since the start of May, so 141 stolen bases, program record, topping the previous record by seven in 96. Kirk Sarlis becomes the first coach since Tim Tadlock in 14 to take a team to Omaha in his first in one of his first two years. And they were led by a couple freshmen, so they might not be going anywhere. Three to two, Florida advances to the championship series. LSU beat Wake Forest five to two last night, which means we get 
an if-necessary game tonight between Paul Skeens and LSU and likely Rhett Lauder and Wake Forest, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, little draft buzz building here. Moments ago, Shams Sharania reports that Scoot Henderson is gaining serious momentum at number two with the Charlotte Hornets in tonight's draft. The Hornets have been torn over the last week between Henderson and Alabama's Brandon Miller. The team has final meetings today to settle on the decision. Now, Josh, I ask you, is there a question or is there a possibility that maybe, just maybe, as they were going through the pre-draft prospect, the Charlotte Hornets happened to stumble upon Brandon Miller's thought as to who the GOAT was in college basketball or in the history of basketball and said this? I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the GOAT of basketball. I think my GOAT of basketball is Paul George. You know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. Could you, could, you ma- George? could you make that out? Could you hear that? Did he say Paul George? He said Paul George. Brandon Miller said his goat of basketball <laughs> is Paul George. I love Paul George, but I mean, I come too. on. But your goat? And I guess maybe he studies him because he's compared so much to him. But <laughs> I wonder if Charlotte, as they're going through the draft process, he's like, he said, who's the goat? Paul George? Yeah, I've Ooh. got Warren Moon. Yeah, I, I, you know, USC Brian. <laughs> Good call back on the show. All right, I got more draft stuff, including what will the Thunder do? We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Cavensgroup.com. Gary Cavins will join us here in just a bit. Fire, smoke damage, mold damage, and removal, remediation, 24-7, 365 emergency services. They're ready to help. Cavensgroup.com. It's a Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, I got all kinds of Thunder stuff here, but I need your help, Josh. Just real quick on the draft, big story number one. In your opinion, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Let's hold off. Let's call Gary here. You're right. We're a little bit behind or a little bit ahead on things, and we got to catch up on a break. But it's, we'll go ahead and talk to Gary right here. Good call. Good call. But here's my thought with the Thunder. I don't really know what what is that guy in this draft that you look at and you start to think, all right, that's who I want. I feel like every year we're kind of in that mindset. We pick or choose a few guys and we decide, hey, that's the player I want. I don't really know if I've heard too much of that this season from OKC fans. But, I I mean, I, I've talked about it a little bit earlier. There is a part of me that has fallen – so deeply in love with the game of Cam Whitmore that I am all in on the potential of Cam Whitmore being an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma City Thunder. An Oklahoma that. City Sooner. An Oklahoma City Sooner. Uh, the uh, let's see, Fox dropped their NBA draft profiles to see what they say here about Cam Whitmore because they'll have a show tonight. It's like because right, well, they can't play the podium feed, right? Because the NBA and ESPN is greedy about that, so they create these little vignettes. Let's see here. Cam Whitmore, small forward, Villanova, six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds. Oh yeah! Moore does the number defensively. Whitmore, that's his spot. Despite playing only twenty six games of college due to an injury, 
He boasts an NBA-ready frame and posted the third-best vertical leap at 40.5 inches at the NBA Draft Combine. He shot 57% on two-pointers at Villanova and a respectable 34% on three-pointers. He will need to learn how to use his strength to get easier baskets and get to the line more effectively. He can defend multiple positions and score in a variety of ways. Cam Whitmore. I don't know, though. I don't know if he's going to be there. Is that from Fox Sports? Yeah. Let's hear what they have to say about it. It sounds like one of the promos they play. Yeah, it's so what they'll do is tonight. It's the big promo voice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what they'll do tonight is if you're listening on the iHeart app or if you're listening on any of our affiliates is they'll have their draft show, and they have these little vignettes when they get drafted. Cam Whitmore. Cam Let's hear what they have to say about Grady Dick. Hold on. Grady Dick, shooting guard, Kansas. Six foot seven, 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. Back for a Grady Dick three on the right. He swirls it home, and Kansas has the lead. Dick is arguably the best shooter in this year's class, a 40% three-point shooter for the Jayhawks last year. Dick has demonstrated an ability to make just about any shot, including contested ones that require him to maintain body control in the air. His lack of lateral quickness will likely make him a defensive liability, but don't mistake that for a lack of effort. Dick is a high-energy player. I'm way too immature for that vignette. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> Why did you play that? <laughs> Hold on. There was one more here that I doubt. There, and it's not. I got to. <laughs> I'm just wanting to know what they think about Grady Dick. What is so wrong about that? David Gary's not here to save the show, is he? <laughs> no. no. Okay. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see what else we got. It. Give me one more guy you like for the Thunder to possibly take. Okay. One more dude that you look at and you're like, okay. I think OKC could take him. I don't have anything as as entertaining, I think, as the Grady Dick, just to be clear. Anyone? You're scrolling Uh, through? No, I I need a second to collect myself. I think I might. You know what? Oh, here they are. Okay. Let me give you one. Let me give you one. How about, well, Brandon Miller's not going to be there. I see some projections of maybe Victor Wimbignana being available. Uh, at 12 for the Thunder, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? All right, how about Amen Thompson? All right, let's see what they have to say about Amen here real quick. And then, then we'll move on and stop this tomfoolery and do a real sports talk show. Here you go. This is Amen. Amen Thompson. Point guard. Overtime elite. Six foot seven, 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. Across court. Asar. Oh! Amen Thompson is one of two identical twin brothers projected to be taken in the top 10 of the first round. Amen has been considered to be the better prospect of the two brothers because of his playmaking ability and how he projects as a primary ball handler in the NBA. There are concerns about his jump shot, which is considered by some to be broken with a noticeable hitch. His- by the way, what an, what an absolute just gut punch to some sto- uh, sort of scouting breakdown. His jump shot? It's bro- broken. Broken. But if I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you guys much, all caught this on the too text much line. of the big voice guy. Too much of the big in those. Voice guy. They needed like a player. Yeah, players or, or one of their guys or yeah. coaches or analysts talking about him. Way too much of. And the scouting report from the big voice guy says he's got a hitch in his shot. Yeah, you're gonna hear it all night tonight. So just if you happen to listen instead of getting to watch, we'll pass it along to the the higher ups. That I think they made a, a grave grave error. <laughs> I do too, especially when you look at the consistency of the 
Kinnipamire Chevrolet text line Great. right now. Now, the Grady Dick vignette was terrific. Keep that. Keep that one. Uh, 580 Nade writes, can't Presti find a mid-height athlete with great length that can lock down on defense and couldn't score on prom night? I miss those days. Um, Pretty big draft for Sam Presti, wouldn't you say? Yeah, who in this draft would you say is like that- not ready to play over the first three years? That's who we need to start thinking about. You know what? That's a really good point. Like, who is definitely – so they won't take Chris Murray. Zero chance of that. Right. He's too NBA ready. How do you think he feels about the overtime elite guys? Because there's there's many – and Scoots from the G League, Amen and uh, Auser Thompson, elite. I think there's one other guy that's projected to go in the first round from overtime elite. But – I mean, it, I, I guess it kind of depends on would you rather go get a guy that's been, you know, working overseas like Ryan Rupert out of France who's projected as a first-round guy, or would you rather maybe have a dude that's had a pretty good collegiate career like a Chris Murray, or are you kind of looking for that prospect, very green, that, you know, you have a couple of years to truly shape? Probably, probably still more the latter because this is a roster that's still growing. Still growing. And if you want uh, proven commodities, well, you've got assets. You can trade for those. Tyler from right? Kellyville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tyler, I can't read that on the air. I can't read what the fan group's name would be if Grady Dick got drafted. What are you trying to do? You trying to get me canceled here today? <laughs> the text sign. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the most there's two grave mistakes that were made on this program. <laughs> All right, and I'll just go ahead and own it right now. Number one. I called for big story number five after I had called for it. So that that's big mistake number one. And E3 didn't happen until hour three, so not too bad. And then I played the Grady Dick vignette from tonight's NBA draft coverage. <laughs> and yes, true sooner, I heard I heard whenever whenever the guy announced that cricket uh, I really did Grady, my best to try and keep it together. Grady but. is six seven with great length. The, just the big voice guy made it so funny. <laughs> it's just I, I'm gonna have to listen to it during the break and laugh like a 12 year old. All right, enough enough of our teenage just wisecracks. We'll continue to hunt down our guy Gary Cavins, who is uh, gonna give us a lowdown on all things Cavins Group related. As always, we spend our Thursdays there. But for today, we're celebrating the crew at Cavins. Call them uh, for all of your needs as far as mold remediation, uh, fire cleanup, disaster cleanup. You call them, they've got you covered. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. It's The Plank Show. We spend our Thursdays at Cavens Group, and we're pumped to be joined by the man behind Cavens. Gary Cavens is in the house. Gary, how's it going, man? It's going outstanding. How are you doing, Chris? Good, good, good. I know that uh, even from afar, you're staying busy, but... Uh, we haven't talked a lot about roofing recently, Gary, and I just I, – the hailstorms that rolled through, I think everyone needs to be aware. I've, I'm even very conscious of it, right? When we moved in, we had a new roof, but those hailstorms come through, you can have the newest roof imaginable, and you still need someone to take a look at it. A hundred percent, Chris. With all the storms that we've had this spring uh, into the first of the summer, uh, it's a good idea to have your roof inspected. Uh, we do free inspections. All you got to do is give us a call, and uh, we'll get one of our roof inspectors out there to, to inspect it and see what's going on, uh, make sure that you're good, or if there needs to be some repairs from all these heavy winds or hail or, or even uh, tornadoes that we've had. 
whether you're in the Tulsa area, the Guthrie area, the Stillwater area, the Ardmore area, or the Norman, Oklahoma City area, just give us a call. We'll come out there. We'll look at them, see what's going on, give you a, a you know, let you know and help you out. Gary, uh, you talk a lot too about the emergency preparedness of Cavens. You've really committed a lot of resources to that, and we never know when disaster is going to strike. In the fire department and those places, when they put out the fire, you need someone or whenever you have those that, you know, after they investigate the crime scenes, you need someone to help clean up, and you guys have really taken uh, that to heart, and you've really committed a lot to making it a smooth process, haven't you? A hundred percent, Chris. We've uh, I've even picked up a new certification this week, and uh, we're always training, we're always developing, we're always finding new ways to do things, and uh, you know we're just a step above. And when it comes to you know crime scene cleanup, uh, mold testing, mold removal, fire testing, fire cleanup, um, you know we're the guys you want to call. We're the guys that can help. We're the guys with the training. We're the guys with the up-to-date equipment, um, the state-of-the-art equipment. Um, we know more about it than anybody else in Oklahoma, um, and we are a local contractor, not a national brand, um, but we have more equipment and more uh, personnel able to respond quicker than any national brand in Oklahoma, and we're here to help with fire, water, mold, uh, crime scene cleanup, uh any situation like that you walk into, give us a call and know that when you hire us, you're hiring somebody local that's giving back to the Oklahoma community. Um, you know, we've given back $480,000. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, over the last uh, several, uh, last four years. Mm -hmm. And we're just, uh, you know, we're going to continue to give back to the community in every way we can uh, as we continue to, uh, grow and uh, be in the community here in Oklahoma. Hey, Gary, real quick before I let you go, I just I did wanted to also help us educate ourselves on mold because if I understand, this is that time where if there is a leak maybe that you haven't been taking care of, this is that time with the heat getting like it is where we've got to be on the lookout, right? A hundred percent, correct. Okay. And, and, you know, uh, mold, is, you know, it starts as something that looks like a water spot. And it can start behind the wall, behind the ceiling, um, and it just kind of grows and gets worse and worse. So if you have water spotting or if you think you have mold in your hot water closet, um, somewhere from a roof leak, somewhere from a groundwater leak, uh, somewhere where water's leaking in siding, any, anything like that at your home or your business, it can affect your health of your employees. It can affect the health of your family. And so... We want you to give us a call. We'll send one of our uh, trained, certified mold investigators out. They'll look at what's going on, um, you know, and they'll do a visual, visual inspection, and then they'll do some uh, air quality testing and some other testing, too, uh, to make sure that, you know, your family and your employees are in the best-case scenario. You know, we see a lot of... Uh, uh, of uh, landlords trying to do mold themselves nowadays uh, to save a dollar. Um, that's a really dangerous thing to do. You really need to hire the professionals, hire the professionals to come in and do the right per protocols and safety and just, you know, 
uh, make sure it's safe not only for the landlord, for the tenants, um, you know, so that's really important out there when it comes to mold because you can do it wrong and you can make a lot of people sick uh, as far as tenants and yourself. Uh, so it's really important that, you know, you take it seriously uh, because it's your health that you're taking in your own hands and that affects your life. So when it comes to mold, hire a professional. Great advice. Gary, you're the man. 405-573-3048 or online at cavensgroup.com. We'll see you next Thursday. Outstanding. Thank you, Chris. See you, man. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with your text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on The Ref. All right, all right, all right. Let's, uh, let's roll through some of the best in the text line. We had the um, conversation earlier. It's been most of the first hour on some Jordy Ball stuff. I Bro, there's going to be a lot of Jordy content. She's doing a live podcast Saturday at the World Series with one of her partners. She's already done the press conference circuit. She's seen a couple radio interviews, uh, big athletic features coming out. And we just kind of brought up, hey, it's about her going home. There's nothing more to it. There wasn't a massive NIL deal. There wasn't anything Oklahoma did wrong. But whatever it whatever it means to you guys, she was very adamant in making sure, even checking back in with the author of the story to say, hey, hey, none of this that I've said is anti or against or negative towards OU. So we just mentioned that. I do a lot of different conversations. Uh, the 405 writes, Jordy Ball gave 100% of everything it took to be a leader on the greatest softball team in the history of college softball. When that task was complete, she made tough decisions, stood up like a grown woman, and showed nothing but respect and honesty to everyone about it. Everyone from the team, the university, and all the fans should be proud to know they are forever able to associate to a woman of that degree of strength and character and anyone who shorts her on any appreciation admiration or respect should feel ashamed of themselves thank you for coming to my ted talk now i, I want to be very clear from the 405 i think that's i think that's what we've seen josh i know that there was a lot of people on monday at least in the handful that i, I was able to talk to i tried to go off the grid but jordy transferred um indeed indeed but i, I felt like it was all pretty much hey good luck and we're going to be okay. And we're going to miss you, but good luck. I think it will remain that I way. I think it will be, too. Uh, Brazilian Sooner. I feel like Brent has brought in so many portal linemen because he has to win this year. He and the program's reputation is all on the line. He had a tough rebuild. And if he can close in recruiting this year, we'll be ready for next year's gauntlet. In other words, kind of uh, back to what you said about, you know, Cole Kublik talking about, Bothroyd, right? He's not going to play in the SEC. No, no, he won't. He'll be a Sooner this year, and then we'll wish him luck in the NFL. I mean, he just needs to be great. Go be great. He just needs to be great this year and thus give those younger defensive linemen an opportunity to rotate in, learn, and be ready. Be a – be a developer for our Mason Thomas, right? Be someone that has him ready when you jump to the SEC where he's quote-unquote SEC ready. Well, it's, and good, hopefully, it's fair point. Hopefully make himself some cash and, and have a nice professional future, but in doing so, help Oklahoma get back from 6-7 and seven to right. win the Big 12 championship to locking down this, this signing class and impressing and luring some other folks to come be a part of it for the jump to the SEC. What can you do for us? Jay and Yukon writes, 
A lot of focus on the softball stadium construction. Rightfully so. Any updates lately on the proposed new football headquarters that was announced first of the year? And any news of the football stadium upgrades? You know what, Jay? How about for you I get caught up on that tonight? I don't think there's I don't think there's any news to report. I think that there is a lot of the fundraising in process for that. There is I know everyone looks at the amount of money coming in from the SEC in the future and you're like, wow, we ever need to fundraise again. Oh, it's it's necessary to get to the point where you need to be. And I think that's a major part of what's going on right now to complete the football facility. That's me. That's me. I that's just my guess. But I know I know the vision of it and what it's gonna look like and what that investment is gonna take. It's freaking awesome what they're doing. Um Cody. Oh, here's one for the seven eight five. Plank who is coming in the portal. I don't know. I don't know. I think Vauder is in play. I still think the uh the girl from Indiana is in play. Taryn Kern. Taryn Curran. So those are two names that I, I would keep. But I don't know for certain about Turn. She might be on her way to Washington. I just, you know, in, in a conversation that I was having with one of the portal people that covers it, it's like, do you think Oklahoma even really needs Kern? And I was like, well, I mean, you always want another bat, but I think they feel pretty good about what they have. I think Oklahoma would like to add a pitcher or two. But we'll see. Um... And everyone not wanting Zion to come to the Thunder is hilarious. I mean, there was more good text messages than I could get to in the three hours that we're allowed on this year very radio program. But that's what happens. Y'all have a great draft night. Enjoy the LSU Wake Forest game. We'll see you back here tomorrow from Riverwind Casino on the Plank Show.